Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over at Indie Cornrows. And of course, read anything we've got cooking over there. I'm really excited to be joined by a good friend of mine, awesome scout, Anish Namburi from over at Pro Insight. Uh, he's been working on a great series called The Blueprint. That's all about championship roster building that you should check out. And I, I'll have links to down below. Uh, we've also done a few podcasts on, on other network talking about it. Um, Anish, how are you doing today, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Can't complain. How about you, Mark? I am solid. It's uh, I, I, I won't lie. I fell asleep in the middle of uh, game four last night. And had to watch the rest this morning. Uh, I watched the block like six times in a row and just kind of laughed. It was really kind of, I mean, there's like two players in the NBA who could make that. And it's Giannis and AD. And even then, I'm not sure AD does. Um, and I'm not sure Giannis makes it again. But a hell of a game. Um, we have a exciting thing to talk about today. I mean, I've loved diving in the draft. As you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff with it. And we've talked quite a bit. Um you were one of the people who helped me get into it, but we're here to talk about Jalen Johnson uh, as a potential pick, uh, not just in relation to the Pacers, but in general and do a deep dive on him. Um, so obviously Jalen Johnson played at Duke um, for a short time. He only played 13 games. There was some stuff that went off on that ended up with him leaving Duke. I'm not going to speak on that because we really just don't know everything about it. And also I don't think it's our place. Um, I would also say some of it's probably been a little bit overblown, but you know, people can make whatever comments they wish. Um, is a six nine? I would. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what position he is later. I don't think he's a forward. Um, but yeah, he's six nine, six eleven wingspan. Um, interesting athlete. Again, we have a lot to dissect there. Uh, I mean, before we even talk about the college season and what he looked like at Duke. What was your impression of him going into this year? I don't remember where he went to school at, but what did you think of him coming out into college in general? So, yeah. Um, so he actually had a weird senior season where um, he was supposed to go to IMG. Some things happened over there. He ended up leaving and coming back home to uh, Wisconsin. But before his senior season, he was, I want to say, a top five recruit in his class and he was uh, yeah he was definitely like regarded as one of the best players in the class um I actually was pretty high on him I'd watched uh tape with Phenom U um his AU team in the spring summer of 2019 and I had some of the same concerns not all but some of them uh going into where I am now but I was a lot more confident about them I, I was a little bit more optimistic on the playmaking uh and the scoring aspect and just was hoping that the the rest of his skills would come together but after after seeing his sample at duke which granted it, it's a it wasn't a great context for him or the team or whatever but i saw some things that have made me jump a little bit lower like i think preseason i, I want to say i had him pretty high um which in at least in my in my eyes was a mistake but yeah 
He's he's weird for me. He's somebody, the more that I watched, the a little bit lower I got him. And I don't mean that as a slight. Like, I still think he's an interesting prospect and a good prospect. But, um, like, he's somebody very much so that pops and highlights. And then when you watch the rest of his game, it's not quite there. And I think that's where I've been with Keon Johnson as well. Um, like, the more that I've in, invested in, and watched the entire class, the a little bit lower I've gotten on some of the guys who initially popped for me. Um and I think let's start off by talking about his athleticism because it's like, I don't want to label him as somebody who I don't think is athletic, but um, I, uh, to me, it, it took me probably, a, you know, like three quarters of a game to de- come to this conclusion, but I've just decided, I think Jalen Johnson is a big at the next level. Um, like, I don't really think that he's a forward. He's definitely not a wing. Um, his, uh, like his, his brand of athleticism is just a little bit different. Like he's not very quick laterally. Um, he is a pretty explosive jumper, but he has to load up to really get up. Um, he's just not really a quick twitch athlete. I wouldn't even consider him a fast guy. Like I would actually consider him probably, uh, below average as an open, like, I mean, he moves well in the open court, but it takes him a little bit to get going. Um, like he is athletic, but in terms of like quick twitch explosiveness, like I think some people maybe think I I'm not really there with him on that. Yeah, I think I think the uh, I agree with most of what you're saying. Pretty much all of what you're saying. I think he his two best traits are his um, his fluidity, specifically in the open court. I think he's a lot more fluid when he has that spacing. And uh, yeah. we were talking about this a tiny bit. You were saying that his um, his steps get a little bit smaller. Um, I think that's more of a half court issue from what I from what I've seen, um, specifically pre pre-college his stride length was he would he would do a good job like using his stride length in the in the open court but then um in the half court and then we saw that especially at Duke this past year he would uh he didn't um the burst didn't help but it uh like like we mentioned the the burst combined with the the short steps didn't really um didn't really help in terms of giving him advantages but yeah I, I agree with what you said he's not very in my opinion, he's not a great lateral mover, hip, hip flexibility. Um, he's, he's decently strong for his age, but it's nothing crazy. And I don't think it'll ever be anything too, too crazy. It's good for his position, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think he, I think he's like a strict four or small ball five kind of guy where you have him next to uh, probably a good shooter. I think there are like maybe a couple lineups and a couple avenues where his shooting develops, where you can play him next to non-shooting big but in for the most part he's either going to be a four next to a shooting five or um a small ball five yeah no i agree and like one last thing i say on his athleticism too he kind of from like this is probably getting a little bit granular but he reminds me i threw this in the group chat yesterday he reminds me a lot of darius basley as an athlete um but without the stride links like we're talking about like darius is awesome at using a stride links to blow by people and that's where like, I don't know, I guess it's something you could look at and say maybe he can grow into that the next level, but that's asking a lot. Like, um, he really was only good at attacking uh, pretty significant mismatches uh, against bigger, slower players um, when he had the ball. And he was good at it. Like, he's good at jabbing and going against, like, I, it, against Michigan State. They they ran him against Sam Hauser a ton, and it looked good. But also, like, Sam Hauser's really slow. Like, that, that's you're just not getting as many opportunities to do that at the NBA level. Um so I guess that transitions to defense because that's where it's like, that's where the athleticism plays a really important part. In my opinion, like um, he's not su- like without having the hip flexibility to really be 
somebody who's super switchy. Like Duke played him and drop a lot this year, which I think was something that I found surprising going and watching him because that's not what I was expecting going in. Like I think, um, you know, I think there's going to be opportunities for him to play more against, you know, smaller players and play defense on them. Um, but right now, like he's pretty like, I don't know. How do you feel about his scheme versatility as a defensive player right now? So I will say that currently his scheme versatility doesn't help because he's not very um, discipline technique or consistency wise. So uh, I will say as like a starter um, that doesn't help. And that's probably going to glean coaches, specifically coach K who's a definitely more conservative coach um, in terms of scheme um, to be, to kind of try to limit the amount of variability that could happen in terms of like outcomes and and, drop is probably the in in general for uh people who are undisciplined probably the the narrowest range of uh outcomes out of like the three main coverages or whatever so i will say that and yeah so that's yeah that's what that's what i would say about his pick and roll defense and i think he could i think he most likely ends up improving enough flexibility where he can play like at the level of the screen um but i don't think he i think he has Good, he has decent length and is obviously has the slow, um, but he has a slow load time. And so I'm not 100% confident that he's great in drop. I think he's more of an at the level of the screen guy. And then like a, maybe like a, a, a quick switch and recover or like a hedge and recover, show and recover, that kind of guy um, can play like a little bit above the level of the screen, but I wouldn't feel confident just throwing him into like against a guard or anything like that, even unless he just improves like re like at like a crazy level in terms of the lateral mobility and hip flexibility. Yeah, I agree. So we're actually kind of right on the same point that I had written kind of the same exact stuff down. I feel like part of the issue with him is like a Duke played a lot of, uh, they played a decent amount of zone. Uh, I just, frankly, Duke's defense sucked this year. Like everything Duke did X's and O's wise, I did not like um, that's a whole other conversation. But point being with him, uh, like the context really did not help him, but also like the way that he plays, his positioning just isn't very good right now. And that's something like I think that's what I've leaned into more and looking at like, okay, well, that's stuff that's going to improve at the next level. If a guy's like with a good coaching staff or even just an average coaching staff and development staff, like they're going to improve at positioning because that's just stuff you're going to get taught. Um, so I think his hip flexibility and like his ability to move laterally at times looked worse because he's, he plays pretty upright because he's not always in an athletic stance. Um, and so his positioning can make things a little bit worse, but even then, like you're mentioning, I think um, I definitely think he's quick enough to like do hedge and recover, which I like for him. Um, like maybe he can eventually switch onto some wings. Uh, obviously you don't definitely not switching on the guards. Like his feet are not fast enough for that. Like, it feels like his feet take up like 25% of his body weight composition with how he moves on court. Uh, because his, he just has like very heavy feet. Like I just, I think what I wrote down was like plotting athlete. And I don't, like, this sounds so critical. I don't mean that in a bad way. That's just like how he moves on court. Um, but then, yeah, especially at the level of the screen too, cause he's got like the length to still be a little bit in a drop, but still can test something. Um, I also really like him. Uh, I think where I felt most comfortable watching him was as a backline rotator. Um, if he like, it depended on, on the zone that they were playing because if he's in the center of his zone, it was bad. It was not good. Um, but when he's a backline rotator, I think that his hips are good enough where he can still close out or rotate back to the rim. And some of his best blocks that weren't just like hunting something 
were, you know, help side rim protection and, uh, and some of the contests from there too. And he's also like, I, as much as I hate the charge, he is really good at drawing charges. Like he's very good at setting up right outside the restricted area and, and drawing a charge. Yeah. I mean, they, they will teach you that at Duke. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I do agree that I think um, probably at least off the ball, his best trait is his weak side rim protector where he's like baseline or whatever, like you said, in, in the zone of one that they played a lot of two, three and uh, one of those like uh backline backline guys not in the middle obviously and then also i think on ball i think he was it, it was again inconsistent all around just because he's not very disciplined and doesn't have great technique defensively just because he was a a star his whole life more perimeter oriented and uh, this was his first time really learning defense and duke's uh, roster wasn't a great fit for him and he was only there for 13 games so he didn't really have a chance to to improve crazy like that. Uh, I thought he was, he, he had some good moments. Um, I think you mentioned this in the, in the post against bigs, like you mentioned uh, Hauser against Michigan state. Um, and then I watched the, what day was it? Clemson, uh, January 30th Clemson game. And he had, I want to say a couple, um, couple good possessions against Amir Sims, who is a, um, another fringe NBA guy who's like a four or five hybrid where he kind of, he kind of just uses uh, size length and strength. Well, um, so yeah, I, I do agree that, that, um, that weak side rim protection is an intriguing ability. Cause he does have, he does have good instincts. Um, it's just, like I mentioned, not very disciplined. And then, so if you could have him as kind of like that, that, that weak side rim protector, uh, especially if he's your small ball five. And, um, if you're switching, obviously there's not going to be much of you, you can have him like tag and recover all that kind of stuff and then rotate over. And then also if you have someone who's going to try to bully you, he can, He's he's probably good be, would be the best one as long as they're not like obviously massive human beings. If it's like Marcus Morris or Bob or something like that, I I feel pretty confident he can eventually hold his own in that aspect. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And so I would say too, um, if he is somebody who's more of your primary rim protector, that's a problem, correct? Because that's my opinion. Yeah. That was one of the notes I took immediately. Like I don't, excuse me, it's not even that his awareness is bad, but I think it's just a lot of if you're relying on him to be the backline consistently i think that's just going to be very difficult for him um so in looking at the pacers i think it'd be i wouldn't even say it's an awkward fit because i don't think he's nearly at a level where he would start right away so you're not really as worried about him playing with with domas um and of course you know there are things that could happen to hedge it a little bit so that he's not technically like your primary room protection you do a lot of stunts in the lane um but also just like I, I I do wonder what that fit would look like eventually. And we'll talk about it in terms of offense too, but um definitely not somebody who I think is gonna be a primary rim protector. No, yeah. We mentioned the load time earlier and he has a we have it as a six eleven and a half wingspan. So it's nothing nothing crazy where it's like, oh, he can he can take advantage of the low time by just being vertical and, and just like walling off that way. Uh I I don't see that as a extremely likely option. Yeah. What do you think about him as defending bigger wings eventually? Because I know the like the lateral quickness is something that I do think could be improved. Like if he works on flexibility, like I was talking about this. Uh, I can't remember who I was talking to about this in, in my uh, just in messages. Obviously, I've talked about this with UMPD, but like um, our friend PD Webb, uh, who's been on the pod too, like hip flexibility is something that, while it's not necessarily something you're going to astronomically improve on, like you just normally aren't in working on flexibility when you're in high school or even at college, like it might be something you work on, like you do yoga or something, but um, 
just give it like talking to guys and, and being around it too. Like that's not the kind of thing that you're really focused on or putting full effort into. And when you get to the professional level, that's something that changes. Um, like, I think one of the, it's something where I, I like, there's obviously room for, for growth for everyone, but I think one of the things that stood out to me, and this is just a thought I had, like, I think one of the biggest differences you can tell between watching the NBA and watching college is the difference in fluidity in athletes. Like there's a lot more of quick twitch ability in guys' hips and ability to change directions than there is at college. And I think part of that is guys improve their flexibility, moving on to the next stage of becoming a professional athlete. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think uh, we've talked about this before. Like our first conversation was uh, about Miles Turner's hip flexibility. Um, I want to say a little over a year ago, probably. And um, while I'm that not was a expect- year ago, <laughs> oh, well, I don't, know, forever, I don't man. know. It, it's, yeah. it's been a while. I'm just guessing. But yeah, um, that's like one of the most like outlier improvements that I've ever seen. And so it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, it's, I'm not, it's not realistic to expect Johnson to improve that level where uh, Turner turned from a severe negative in terms of flexibility to like being a positive. Yeah. he can play at the level of the screen, I'd say pretty well. Um, but I feel pretty confident that with an NBA strength and development staff, um, I don't know exactly who is on the paces or uh, how good they are, but I would assume that it's good enough where you, that he can get to a passable level. And most, unless it's like a, unless it's like a real like like bouncy or like a springy slashing for like that that's main goal is to really take you off the dribble like just like most of those things aren't like crazy bursty and I think Johnson I'm pretty confident Johnson can, can get to a level where he can hold his own in that front and then also use his his size and strength awesome well yeah and also too like I think we're we probably just sounded really negative about his defense but like point being I just think a lot of it too is like some of the more mainstream or general stuff is people think he's going to be like this, this big wing who can defend a ton at the point of attack or be switchy. And that's just not who he is right now. Um, and probably won't be frankly, and that's okay. But like, it's just important to contextualize what he is right now and what he might be and how he might project. But I'd also say like, I just think um, like given where his baseline is at right now, it's pretty unlikely that he's not going to be a plus defender at the NBA level. Like, I mean, I'm assuming he's like, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to assume that somebody like doesn't work hard or anything like that. If a guy is coming in and he's putting his work in, like given what he's got athletically and uh, just the tools that he has already, I mean, he's probably going to be a, at, at worst, like a neutral defender. Yeah. I'd, I'd say most likely he's uh, slightly above uh, neutral to slightly below at, or like slightly below above average, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So like 60th percentile instead of like 50th yeah, percentile is the median. Yeah, I'd say like anywhere from like 55 to like 75, something like that is a decent is a decent range for him, especially given the fact that he's probably like a four or five guy. But yeah, definitely. All right. Well, now is a good time to shift to talk about the offense, because I think this is where I have a lot more questions. Um, and I imagine you do, too. Um, we talked about it a little before we got on. Uh Obviously, his three-point numbers are very deceiving because he shot 44% at Duke, but hardly took threes. And also, he has one of the most inconsistent uh, shot preparations and just his feet are all over the place on his jumpers, uh, like regardless if it's inside or outside the paint. Um, Right now, he is a ways away from being a shooter uh, at the NBA level, it feels like. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think – I think uh, 
people have talked about this. The saving grace is that his form is uh, his his like form mechanics and consistency, all that is is so far away that it's it should be pretty easy to rebuild and instill the the generally correct technique and uh, principles and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, right now he's like there. Uh, we'll go into like high school and college. There was times where he had a hitch in a shot, and there was times he didn't have a hitch in a shot. Sometimes he would thumb the ball. Sometimes he wouldn't thumb the ball. Sometimes he'd have a pretty good, uh, pretty good energy transfer. Uh, a lot, a lot of the times, especially high school, um, he didn't have, I, he didn't have enough of a sample at Duke where I can say he did this consistently. But especially in high school, he would have a big leg kick. Uh, where he, he had just, the like, leg kick, kick at Duke. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, there was a, there was a, few, like obviously, how many? Do you remember how many threes he took off the top of? It? Took one point seven per game, which would be like 25, 26, So not a lot. Yeah, um, I will say there was. I, I want to say I did take notes on. Let's see how many uh, games I took notes on him specifically uh, for at Duke, and I will say there were like two or three attempts where he didn't have that leg kick. Um, but that's obviously versus if those were the only ones, then I. I mean, I obviously believe that he did that more often. Uh, he did the leg kick more often than not. But yeah, I'm just saying there were there were times where he didn't do the leg kick, which is again shows the inconsistencies of it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, also, too, he did like it, it's not every shot, but like he kind of like went across his body as he shot, which was like weird to notice because uh, you want to shoot the ball straight. Uh, but you know, definitely a lot of consistencies to work on. Um, so yeah, that's not really there. Um, that definitely feels like something that's going to take a lot of his rookie contract to work on and hopefully get towards being and, you know, becoming a quarter shooter and building out from there. Um, I did kind of like some of his ability inside the paint though. Like I feel like he has pretty good touch inside the arc and around the rim. Uh, and he had a little bit of post stuff. Like he had some solid footwork uh, has to, I mean, it's again, very raw. It's just a 13 game sample size, but I did like some of the stuff that he really was able to show in the paint, especially too, when he got the ball on the move, um, I thought was when he was most uh, like most capable as a finisher. Um, like I know his cutting numbers were pretty good if you go by synergy, but also I didn't think that he cut super well. Part of that is probably Duke's offense. Like Duke's offense was just not very good. Um, the spacing was abhorrent. Um, there were times where it looked like they were going into flex and that was just how they were spaced, uh, which was really gross. Um, but yeah, like I think there's definitely a lot for him to work on there as, as a become, you know, just obviously starting as a play finisher and then hopefully getting some more stuff with the ball in his hands. Yeah, so there's a there's a couple of jumping off points and I'll try to kind of respond to everything. And then if not, you can, we can we can circle back. So um, I will definitely agree that he's a much better finisher on the move. Um, that's a lot to do with his uh, comfort and what he did a lot in high school and AAU. Um, he was big into transition buckets and all that kind of stuff and using that head of steam to and to just kind of like blow past people and if there's there someone there who's usually bigger and stronger and more athletic than him because he's a especially compared to the high school kids and then also AU he's a wild levels of athlete better uh, and then when he doesn't have that room I don't think he's great adjusting but he's still decent um He's still a decent finisher around the rim, but yeah, I think uh, a lot of it is based on him getting ahead of steam and all that kind of stuff. So he will need to work on uh, better adjustments uh, when at the rim. Like if there's a big, if it like, if he's in the half court and let's say he sets the screen and gets a roll pass and there's a big there, he's going to have to learn how to adjust in some way that isn't strength. Cause those NBA centers are going to be bigger than him most of the time. Um, I will say I didn't love his 
Um, he didn't take a lot of uh, a lot of them at Duke. Um, I think according to Synergy, he took three runners. Yeah, three like runners, floaters, that area. And he didn't he didn't make any of them. But also in in high school, he didn't seem very comfortable taking them um, either. Even though I think he is a I think he's a good finisher and has decent touch around the rim when it comes to like the floater area. I wasn't I, I wasn't too uh, enthused by that. So it's, it, it was a bit inconsistent in terms of the, in, in terms of the touch. Um, and then again, it's a really, really low sample size because he shot literally 38 free throws at Duke, but he was 24 or 38. Um, so that's a, a, like in terms, in terms of like the, the usual indicators, uh, quote unquote, um, that's not a totally encouraging sign, even though that, so there, it, it's a lot of, contrasting and conflicting and inconsistent um stuff with him but i think he grades out as a as a decent touch guy and then i, I know i kind of rambled on touch what were the other things that you um well how do you feel about like him having a post game because i'm going somewhere with this after okay um because he flashed a little bit like i think there's stuff with the footwork he had a couple of nice finishes out of it but it's really just kind of it's definitely pretty raw still I think he'll be able to take advantage of guards and stuff. Uh, I don't know how much I would want him to do stuff out of that. Like, like for example, I know this is like an extreme example. Like if he had like Trey Young or I don't literally like, I don't know, uh, Dante DiVincenzo even, who's a pretty good post defender, but he's, there's a significant size advantage. Um, I would I would be fine with that, but I don't think it's someone you want to like have him. Eh, maybe you have like run off like a flex cut, and he has an advantage where he can just drop step and throw a jump hook or something like that. But I don't like. I, I'm assuming you're not talking about just like feed him in the post, like whatever. Yeah, no, for sure. Game. Like just if you if you if he gets a one on one opportunity, like with a mismatch, like um, it's not something I'm expecting him to get like six or seven post touches a game because that's definitely not there. But, yeah, especially if you especially if you still have Domas. Um, I would yeah. assume that 99% of the or whatever, like a very, very high majority of the post post ups are going to him. Uh, so I'd say uh, other than like real flash plays, I I don't I wouldn't do it. But I, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are there. Well, yeah, because that's where I'm just uh, especially to like why I'm not really super high. And if the Pacers were to take him like I would. I personally probably would not take him at 13. Um, if the Pacers had an opportunity at like, let's say that they traded back, they were at like 20 or something. I would happily take Jalen Johnson. Um, I just think in terms of fit, it's a little bit odd. And obviously you don't want everything off a of fit. I think he's somebody like we mentioned, you could run as like a small ball five. And especially considering too, that they have um, a wealth of bigs already. It would make sense to have, like, I actually like the idea of him playing with miles would be really interesting to me. Um, so you could like see bench units working like that. So I don't want to just like throw the idea out because of that, but, if you were to share the court with Domas, I just don't know what he's doing offensively um, because where I really see any kind of advantage for him coming as a, as a, as a guy who, who is a positive offensive player is from uh, like, he's, he's shown some stuff as a playmaker. I would not call him a point forward. I think some people have like, he's done some quality stuff with the ball in his hands, but he's not running pick and roll or anything. I think to be a point forward, you have to run pick and roll and he doesn't do that. Um, but that's just my own qualifications. But like he has really good feel uh, with the ball in his hands, uh, can find some awesome open guys. Uh, he's great at, or not, I shouldn't say great, but like 
he has some just real pop passes that are like he'll look somebody off and find somebody in the dunker spot without you know with just throwing a no look like that stuff is good that that means a lot to me and i think a lot of his best passes came out of drawing a two-on-one in the post too but i just don't think that's happening at the nba level like right now i don't think the post game is good enough to do that and also too like i don't think there are offenses that are going to say hey let's build our offense around a jalen johnson post up um and like he can play make from the perimeter too, and he's really good out of transition. And I think there are real opportunities in the short roll too. But if you're playing with Domas, um, I just don't know like that that's happening. Like I like the idea of getting in the ball on the move or as a cutter, but again, like he didn't. Again, it's part of part of Duke, but the uh, the ability to move without the ball wasn't really uh, super pertinent for him at Duke. Um, so there'd be a lot of a, a growth track there, but just point being, it's hard to see how his offense is translating early on. Yeah, I would say I would agree that a lot of his strengths clash significantly with Domas and his play style. First of all, him being um, him being a pretty transition heavy player in terms of his uh, how he gets his buckets most efficiently, and obviously Domas isn't um, the isn't really the best uh, most efficient in transition. Let's say he's I'm sure he's like fine running like he's fine running the court obviously but that's just not how you're gonna go if you that, that's how you're running um if he's like one of your the main focal points of your offense and then also short roll passing i think um short roll passing and ball movement and uh moving the ball around uh around the perimeter and finding finding guys off that like <coughs> excuse me um yeah with domas not really being a shooter uh let's uh, i'm i'm assuming he's not going to improve significantly. Uh, uh, Sabonis as a shooter, uh, that's going to clash in terms of the spacing because you're just going to have two guys around the elbows or one high, uh, one on the block, one on the elbow. And that's not great spacing, especially considering the Pacers aren't uh, there. They have a couple good, they have a few good shooters, obviously, but it's not like they have crazy good spacing already. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a great point. And I think like you could see it eventually happening. Maybe like maybe Domas is like does become a 35 or 36% shooter. But I also just wonder um, how a defense is going to play him. Like we saw this year, he took a lot more threes and there were he was pretty streaky. There were moments where he looked like a really capable shooter, was good in rhythm. But defense is just I wouldn't say they didn't care, but they still were just kind of willing to let him do his thing from out there instead of, you know, playing up on him. Uh but yeah, it's just tough with Jalen because even if let's like let's say for whatever reason I don't think it'll happen, but let's say that that you know the Domas gets traded and they're running uh, Miles. Like even if he's out there with Miles, I just don't know entirely what the spacing looks like. Like it's just hard to see how it projects. Like I think a lot of people like, I mean, ideally you see uh, Jalen becoming a shooter, but maybe he does something like a similar facsimile to what Thad Young does, like. He's somebody who kind of floats within the offense, does creative touch passing and, and gets open. But also, like, I think it's worth noting, like, it's not easy to do that. You have to be a really high level player to to find those seams and avenues. And I'm not saying Jalen can do that, but like it takes a lot to do that. And even then, with as good as Thad Young is at doing that, there are like fallbacks to that, especially when you hit the playoffs. Um and just in terms of where the spacing is at already, like then considering Domas is somebody who you're like, all right, we'll run DHOs with you and we're going to do this, this and that. Like, I think it kind of uh, hedges what you can do with uh, Jalen Johnson there. But even just like in a in a rare, not rare, in like a just a in a vacuum, like saying without a Pacers view, like 
I feel like that is the real avenue for Jalen as an offensive player, like becoming a uh, like a rolling cut big, at least to start, uh, who can maybe run some DHOs and, and do stuff out of the short roll. Yeah, I would say the 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 ideal role is like a playmaking big because I will say he I think he's really good using his peripheral vision and uh, yeah. make reads off that. Um, like for example, going off the short roll, spring to the corner, something like that. Um, and he he has he throws some audacious passes and he sees windows that are really really small and is confident enough to uh, to option make those type of pa- make those type of passes, which is obviously better than someone who sees them and is um, less willing to do so. But yeah, it's it it would be it would be tough unless you'd have to be next to like a real crazy shooter uh, on uh, if you're gonna play him in it as like a four. I'm not not even crazy. A, a very a very threatening shooter um, at at the five next to four. And if unless that's the case, you're kind of it's kind of him playing like a playmaking uh, playmaking big role as like a small ball kind of guy. Yeah, no, for sure. And so it's hard to just like in a Pacers context, hard to see how that works out. But I do think that could actually work for other teams. But I also wonder too, like, all right, well, is he going to have enough gravity as an individual scorer? uh to to warrant some of the uh the mismatches that he gets or like not even warrant the mismatches but to like to really draw defense or or find ways to to get creative with his passing um obviously the transition stuff is really nice Uh, i like what that could be moving forward but there's just a lot of rawness with where he's at and off as an offensive player right now that um has to kind of be worked on i guess where i want to transition now is what what do you think about his upside and what he could be um, moving forward, uh, and it, we'll we'll do it without a Pacers context. Um, so just one more thing before I get to that, I will yeah. say in the half court, I think it's tough for him to be like a, a self creator because I don't think even if he improves a shot, team he gets good enough where teams are like really like respecting unless something unless he reaches like those high high outcomes in 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 that specific skill. I don't think teams are really selling out to make sure he doesn't shoot, and then. I don't love his burst out of a standstill. Like uh, there's the big example is there was a play where uh, against Illinois, where he couldn't blow past Kofi Coburn. And um, that's obviously not great. And then, but then there's also an, uh, other plays. Like there was one against, uh, I want to say it was either his last game or second last game uh, against Notre Dame, where he should have been, it was late in the first half. I want to say around three, let me see, 340, um, that he should have been blowing past the Notre Dame big, but uh, for but just couldn't partly because of the the short side lengths, but also because he can't really uh, say no. He's not really a threat to shoot, and so they're just going against the drive. And he can't get around. He can't get by or around the big. Um, and then you wanted to talk about his improvement avenues and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is him just getting polished, uh, more polished in in like the areas in his uh, in his strength areas. In in my opinion, at least. Um, obviously there's outcomes where he improves pretty dramatically in some areas, but assuming it's fairly standard improvement curves and all that kind of stuff, he's going to be, uh, a playmaking, a playmaking for small ball five kind of guy, um, who can shoot a little bit to keep the defense honest, but nothing, nothing too crazy. And then, uh, defense defensively, it'll be like a small ball five or weak side rim protector guarding fours, that kind of stuff. And I think at least in my opinion, he. I don't see much creation upside. Um, and so I think it's just improving as much as he can within those roles. I know there are people who, uh, people that I, that, that I really respect and I think are very smart people that, um, 
that do believe he has that creation upside and have him a lot higher. But at least personally, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm definitely not there either. Like one of the avenues that I do think you could see is like you're mentioning playing as a, a like four, small ball five. Um, like some of the things where I felt most confident in him in, or like even as like I agree, his standstill stuff wasn't awesome. But there were moments where like I think his handle is fairly functional for his size. It's not amazing, but it's like decent. Um and when he does get a solid angle, he's good at blowing past somebody and getting to the rim. Um, so I think you could see that all right, if he's able to work on on having longer strides, um, if he's able to improve his handle a little bit more, um, or you know, a team is finding ways to get him the ball on the move. Like I think he's pretty like if he's able to get matched up going against like um like a four, like a, a bigger four or a five in the league, like I like that. Like if if you have an opportunity to use him against Jonas Valanciunas, like okay, that's kind of nice. Like um, like I think you that's one of the things where he's probably not gonna be great defending Jonas Valanciunas in the post, but you're willing to take some of those opportunities or something like that. Um, and you can try and attack him on the other end and, and draw more from that. But like I think there are avenues where he could be somebody who is able able, geez, I can't speak, able to maybe self-create a little bit against slower footed fives, but also the game is kind of moving towards not being like that. So it's just it is a little bit hard to picture that. Yeah, I just um, I I mean, in most like there'll there'll be like flash plays. I just don't think it's consistent. It'll ever be consistent enough where you give him any creation duties. So, yeah. So, do you think uh, starting level player is possible? Because I do. I mean, I, I think that's like definitely an outcome for him. Oh yeah, totally. I, he would be. Um, I think if he really improves that. Um, if he really improves that like lateral mobility, hip, uh, hip flexibility, all that kind of stuff, I think he can be um, a big wing next to like a spacing five, not like one who can switch onto guards and stuff, but still like a, a decent four, like a decent four, like for example, if you, if you had him guard, like uh, I'm trying to think just like, so it's like, I can't think of someone Aaron off Gordon, the top of my head. Like, yeah. Like a four who isn't crazy blowing you by, um, but someone you have to keep up with strength wise and has the length and um, length and size to, con- uh, to, to help contest against that. Um, and then like her stuff is like a weak side rim protector. And then offensively, he can be your transition guy. He can work off the short roll and be kind of a little bit more interior, like around the, el- not necessarily interior base, but around the elbows, especially, and then kind of be that four out one in, but then, he's not totally in so you can still have like guys cut and or even have a guy at the dunker spot in some occasions kind of thing and I think that that's probably the best avenue for him to start I'm sure there are others but that's just one that pops into my head but yeah I, I definitely see um a good fifth starter is probably a uh, fairly good outcome for him not yeah. I wouldn't say it's like total ceiling but it's I would say it's on the higher end of his outcomes yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, regardless, like he has a lot of intriguing potentials and potential uh, and tools, um, and it's just going to be about finding ways to utilize those. He's definitely a guy that I think teams are going to have to get creative with, um, and I think it just comes down to what team is going to value that and, and you know where do they find that. Um, but regardless, man, I'm excited to see what happens with his career because he's he is a fun player to watch, in my opinion. Like yeah. I enjoyed scouting him and, and watching his games. Um, I just, in terms of the Pacers fit, I don't quite know if I'm there. Um, And also, too, he just probably isn't really in the range, at least not for me. Like, I I wouldn't – I think there are other guys that I'd be more interested in at 13 uh, that do make more sense. But 
if the team, I think I would just say if the team were to take him, uh, I would want a pretty clear plan laid out for how they envision him uh, moving forward with the team. Because I think like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, all right, well, what is your development plan? Cause we need to see what it is so that we know, all right, this is how we view him moving forward with the team. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, cause he does have, I, I, hopefully we didn't understand it. His, his playmaking flashes are some of the his best. Playmaking, yeah. Um, it's really good. It's it not, I wouldn't say like best of the class, but it's, it's in that upper echelon, but it's just that there's a lot of the other stuff that needs to be worked on. And, and some of it is just, uh, it takes time and fundamentals and reps and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's weird because he has such some of some of like the elite the elite skills that you're looking for in terms of the modern NBA, but it also uh, he doesn't possess some of he does has nothing in terms of the other uh, other things that you're looking for in the NBA. So it's about kind of finding that balance, and it, it, that's what makes him a weird fit. Um, and especially given I don't know too much about the Pacers uh, front office stuff in terms of trades and all that outside of like the brief stuff that me and you talk about, but especially considering that it's a, it's a tough position to, to put him in unless you have like a clear plan of what you're going to do moving forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, well, Nish, this was a lot of fun, man. If you have anything that you want to plug or any parting words, uh, let the people know and, uh, and let people know where they can find you. Um, yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at, um, Anish, at Anish Nambury. It's my first name and last name. Um, you can also read not only my work, but all the great stuff we do at Pro Insight. I currently, as Mark talked about at the beginning, um, uh, we have a bunch of, we have a bunch of, uh, I, I have a series talking about, that's like a combination of roster philosophy, team building, data science, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, we have a bunch of other great work when it comes to event recaps. We just did one on 3SSB, uh, which is the Adidas, Adidas event that j- happened this past weekend, I think it was in Omaha. And then we're going to be, I think, I might be missing up, uh, mixing up the cities, but Omaha and Birmingham. Um, one of those two was last weekend. And then we have another one uh, coming up this weekend as well. And yeah, we do a bunch of other great stuff. Um, and then I did also want to talk about something else. Um, so a little bit uh, more important. Uh, I just wanted to spend a couple minutes talking about Something that I know both of us find important, you, uh, you and Caitlin talked about this, uh, I want to say a couple weeks back now, uh, obviously sexual uh, assault, domestic violence, et cetera, has been like a very hot topic the past week or so. And being from Oregon, it's been especially uh, prevalent with their hiring process. And to be completely honest, I've struggled with whether to address it publicly because my goal is to, to work in professional basketball. And that's obviously a, such a shady thing to, to worry about because it speaks to not only the issues within basketball, but also uh, societal culture surrounding people with uh, celebrity status and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just wanted to um, say that I, I don't think we are really the people um, you should listen to or leading discussion. Um, I encourage you to instead listen to the people who have experienced the matter firsthand and have put in uh, the research uh, people like, um, People like uh, Dishes and Dimes, uh, Spinsters. Uh, you had a, a great podcast uh, on the other network with uh, Dia Miller. And so it's just, please listen to the right people, do your research, look at the numbers, think with empathy, and just figure out, figure out a way to be both accountable and understanding. Um, I think it's important to ask for transparency and thoughtfulness in how the, these discussions are handled. Because I, I would say that it, it's not happening now. And I just really hope that it changes sooner rather than later, just so that everyone 
uh, watching, following, working in, in, in basketball fields, uh, everyone feels more comfortable about the environment they, they work in, they love to watch or, and, and everything like that. Because even though it is escape, it's real life. And there are real life things that happen along with it. We just, I think it's just important that everyone in the basketball environment feels comfortable about the culture. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really say it any better, man. I agree. I think uh, it's been a little bit dispiriting the way that things have played out the last couple of weeks, uh, but it has been good to see how many people are speaking out. I appreciate you wanting to do it. Um, it's tough because especially like I know, I know from firsthand uh, Dallas got kind of really let off the hook today um, at the Jason Kidd press conference. Um, I don't really know what the answer is. Like you mentioned, I think to people who, are still curious and want to learn more like the dishes and dimes pod from last week was probably the best that I heard. They've been really exceptional in, in talking about a thing that I really wish we didn't have to talk about or more importantly, just wasn't a thing that, that we had to talk about or think about, but um, I'm going to do my due diligence and keep talking about it because we have to, because how else is it changing? You know, um, Anish, I appreciate you taking the time to, to say that and, and also to come on in general uh, to everyone listening. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, anything, please let us know. Um, be sure to follow Anish and everything he's doing. Uh, and most importantly, just have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening.